We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello and welcome to the Her Hoop Stats Podcast. I'm Gabe Ibrahim and we got a special presentation, second year in a row, that I've got Richard Cohen and Kevin Pelton with me. Kevin, wait, which way? That way. There he, there he is on the side. Kevin Pelton with me to talk about the All-Star Reserve selections. This is happening on Saturday, so you, you may be listening to this podcast after those selections have been made. I'm sure you'll get something out of it just based on what we're talking about with the All-Star starters, who we think should have made it, who didn't make it, who probably should have, who did make it, who probably shouldn't have, and who's going to be in that reserve group um, being picked on Saturday for the All-Star game, which is in like two, actually, when is it? Like two weeks, three weeks, something like that? I think I'm muted, Kevin. Yeah, it'll be two weeks from Sunday. So two two weeks from two weeks from Sunday. Everyone in Las Vegas, uh, back in the All Star game. So guys, let's just let's just hit you know the the starting points. Let's talk about the starters to the All Star game. Um, If you haven't seen them, I'll list them out, and it's okay if you forget these because we'll be talking about them. The players that got voted into the All Star game as starters are Jackie Young, Jewel Lloyd, Arike Agumboale, and Chelsea Gray. In the backcourt, in the front court, we have Asia Wilson, Brianna Stewart, who are the two captains, as they were last year. Uh, Brittany, or wish? Yeah, I think they were. Brittany Griner and Satu Sabli, Aliyah Boston, and Neka Gumake are round out the front court starters. So that's our starting group. Uh, let's start with Kevin. Do you have any problems there? Do, do you think it was the right selections? So I, I did have a vote. I was part of the media panel for the all-star starter selections. The changes, the differences between my vote and my ballot and the actual starters. Uh, in the backcourt, I had Sabrina Ionescu over R.E.K. Agunbowale. And then in the front court, uh, partially because of the fact that I tend to index a little more on kind of past track record of mm-hmm. performance than performance over the first in this case, like 10 games of the season. Uh, I did not have Satu and I did not have Aaliyah Boston. Instead, I had uh, Elena Deladon and then Alyssa Thomas, who I think is pretty much the consensus biggest snub from uh, the all-star starters. I mean, to me, that was, she's a tier ahead of even like the, the Deladon Griner group. And I did have mm-hmm. Griner, which I think was maybe relatively rare. I don't, I don't, I guess she did finish among the top six in, in media voting, but uh, certainly saw a lot of ballots that did not have her. Mm, yeah, Alyssa Thomas. Uh, I think she just did. She set the triple double record like this week. Like yep. in this in the last week, she's had more triple doubles than the vast majority of players I mean, in WNBA history. I believe she had a triple double on Sunday, the day that the starters <laughs> were announced, didn't she? Yes. Uh, Richard, same question. Uh, where, where were your issues? Are the same as Kevin's? Um, I mean, I I thought there were three immediate picks in in the guards with uh, Jackie Young, Chelsea Gray, 
and then I had Joel Lloyd as the third. And then the fourth one, I think there's a you can make an argument for a whole bunch of people. Um, my pick was Alicia Gray to go with those those three. Um, but yeah, I do think there are a lot of people you could put in that fourth spot. In the front court, Wilson Stewart, obviously, obviously, uh, Alyssa Thomas should be in the group. It's I, I think. There was just general incredulity when they announced them that that she wasn't. I had to go with those three: Deladon, like Kevin, Necker, and I did have Boston in as well, leaving Griner out. Um, it's you. You can certainly argue it the other way. Griner's minutes are significantly lower than most of her competition, which I think, if you're just looking for a tiebreak between people that are close, kind of just nudged her below the the six starters for me okay uh i wanted to get back to a point on on that and then what kevin said uh does it, it does it feel like this is even shorter time than we normally have to pick all-stars because I've, the season's now 40 games so we're essentially picking it on a fourth of the season whereas you know at least before when you have your 10 games into the season at least you're kind of like a third into the season when we had fewer games now it feels like we're right at the beginning of the season picking all-stars based on a very, very small chunk of what's going to happen. Did you guys feel like it was a little bit more rushed this year? I think the other thing that is a part of it is, and, and this didn't start this year, but when you move to the drafting teams format, mm -hmm. the announcements get moved up a week because instead of the reserves being announced the week before, the announcement then is you know, the actual uh, draft order. So, yeah, that's a factor as well. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't think about that. And yeah, it did feel really early. And I we've we've had this in previous years. Unlike Kevin, I tend to approach it on the grounds of it's this year's All Star Game. With it, we should be using this year's games to to pick the teams. So if someone has had the ten best games of their life to start the season, then they're an All Star in in this year. I mean, and, and I don't think, like, part of this is, you know, which tier these players are in. Like, obviously, Satu Sabali yeah. is an all-star. Yeah. Like, she would have been one of my reserve picks. There's no question about it. Same with Aaliyah Boston. And they were in that group of players, pool of players I considered in the front court. One of the things I think is interesting, you know, Richard alluded to it earlier. There's, like, a tier of three clear starting guards. And then the next group might be, like, six or seven players. Mm -hmm. All of whom, again, are going to be all-stars, but it's just kind of the order in which you select them. In the front court, it felt like that cutoff overlapped, like, you know, there were maybe three or four clear starters, and then the next six were probably in the same tier. <laughs> and so let me ask you guys, like, anybody in that starting group that may not have major reserves? No? Uh, you mean in, in the starting group that was announced rather than... Yeah. Um, just looking at the list... No, I think they're all in. Um, I maybe if you wanted to get really picky, the I think some people might argue against Arike, um, just purely because she's very she's a divisive kind of player on the grounds of her inefficiency and her ball hog tendencies, depending on how you you view her. Um, so I think some people might push her, but I, yeah, the 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 numbers are so overwhelming in the end, even with the the percentages being kind of off. Well, I've all, I've always wondered, like, do we just get more of the Enrique criticism because we're on Twitter and and we're you know we're in the no offense to any of us the nerd the nerd verse of basketball <laughs> where we're kind of looking yeah. at this a little because I feel like as a fan I watch Enrique I'm like she's awesome. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, she missed a lot of shots, but I don't care. The, the play is amazing. So oh. I feel like we're kind of in the controversial aspect of, of on, her. Uh, on entertainment game. value, she's definitely, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, if you start diving into the the efficiency, then you can talk yourself out of it, I think. I, I did not have her as a reserve when we did this exercise this time last year. But yeah. but that, that, to me, was different this year. I mean not only is the scoring volume higher as Richard mentioned, the other thing is she hasn't been kicked out of any games. And that was, you know, remember a big factor in limiting her minutes and her value in the first half of last season. 
she did kick a ball. I forget in which game. She, she I really got kicked out. Yes, that was. Against, yeah. I think that was that against Seattle. Uh, either Seattle or LA. LA. Um, and she like just booted a ball, and then they of course kicked her out. She was incredulous, which I don't know. But she she did it again in one of the games this year. I saw her. She, she was like tipping the ball to herself. I was like, don't do that. You're gonna get. Mm-hmm. You already got kicked out of a game for this. Don't do it again. Well, just like the part of that that didn't add up is like, okay, if you do this so often, why did it end up twenty rows into the stands if it was unintentional? Sorry, that 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 argument did not hold water for me. You're you're definitely not good enough at soccer to to be on the level of where any touch is gonna be in control. Okay, like you're a basketball player. You're great at that. Just. <laughs> Stick yeah. to the basketball. And, and, and there's a reason you're a basketball player and not playing <laughs> soccer and heading to Australia for the World Cup, you know. But... Um, well, okay, so I, that's on the starters. I mean, we don't have to get too into it. I, I think, uh, like you guys mentioned, a lot of these players are, are going to – would have been in our reserves regardless. And, you know, I think we have some um, – we have we have the best players in the league uh, coming to the game. It's just a matter of, you know, who got that nod first that week before, right, um, that little nod. Um, and then the, we should maybe discuss, though, the fact that like Olya Boston is in this group is a rookie. Like, okay, it's remarkably, you know, remarkably impressive. It's it's not uncommon historically in the WNBA, but it's been a few years since we've come in, had a rookie come in and play this well. I mean, you know, maybe Serena would have done that in 2020 if she hadn't gotten hurt in the third game of the season. But, you know, Nafisa Collier was maybe close to this level in 2019. But again, it's it's been a while since we've had a rookie come in and dominate like this right away. Well, yeah, it's just oh, sorry, go ahead, Richard. No, I was just going to say that on the eye test from watching the games, it feels like Boston and Alyssa Smith are both incredibly vital to Indiana and maybe on a fairly similar level. But then when you start looking into the numbers, the case for Boston starts to get overwhelming. She's un- unbelievably efficient when you look at the numbers, um, and anything, any kind of advanced number loves her because of how those work out. Um, so, yeah, I think once people sort of started to look at the stats was probably where she started piling up votes, if anyone took even a, a cursory glance at the numbers before they filed their ballot. Well, and her, and, you know, uh, I think to Kevin's point about, you know, Sabrina may have been there, right, because of her reputation coming in. I think you do need that. You, you need the reputation coming in so people aren't saying, well, you know, is it real? Is her, is her play right now real? And that's why none of us are questioning it. I mean, I, to me, I, you said that, you know, we should talk about it. I was like, oh, I guess we should. But to me, I was like, I, yeah, Leah Boston is here because she's a Leah Boston. And she, you know, she came in with that expectation of being this good. And she's been this good. And, and to me, um, and I'd love to get you guys' thoughts on this. I think her offense is a little bit more advanced than I thought it would have been coming in. You know, obviously she would have more spacing with the rules in the WNBA. But just for her to come in and be so comfortable, you know, in the post, running an offense, rolling to the rim, in the short role, her passing is getting so much better in, in the just the, the few games that she's played in the WNBA. I just think her offense has taken a huge leap. And that's kind of what put her over the top because, you know, the defense has, has been there. And you can see on the court, team just like to Richard's point, there's the team is different when she is on the floor defensively. And then that offense came around. But are you guys surprised a little bit about her offense production? A little bit, yeah. I mean, you know, this was a big source of debate. Uh, I was covering the opposite regional here in Seattle as mm-hmm. opposed to the the Greenville one. But, you know, there was a lot of conversation among us as we were watching those games and eating, you know, dinner before uh, our games. Like, you know, is, we know Aaliyah Boston is going to be a very good WNBA player, but is she going to be a great WNBA player? And I, I wrote about it prior to the draft that basically you can, like, pool NBA number one picks in the WNBA draft into two groups. There's like the surefire superstars, you know, the Stewie tier, let's say the, the Asia Wilson tier, which I guess would, she would, Asia would be the last one who had this kind of impact right away as a rookie. Mm. Uh, and then there's kind of a tier of, you know, good prospects, but maybe not surefire franchise players. And Boston, like based on her stats as a senior, at least at South Carolina, kind of straddled those two tiers, was right in between them. So you didn't know which direction she was going to go. And so far, it has been a hard tier- turn toward the superstar tier. I've, I've been impressed by how much better she's already gotten from the first couple of games, where you could see the sort of the... The kind of thing we sometimes see with rookies where they can't get off the same shots that they could get off in college. So you could see her sort of turning into defenders and, oh, there's still this six foot five person directly in front of me and I can't get this shot off. So she'd have to come up with a counter and a 
or maybe a third move. And she's doing that already. It's taken five games for her to transition from these things she would quickly realize you can't do anymore. Now she's taken a step up in competition and she's already working out answers for these these issues. So, yeah, I've been impressed by by that as much as anything, not just the immediate transition, but the level of improvement within 10, 15 games. And the team has improved too. So it's like, you look at it, it's all of them, right? Like yeah. team improved, her, she's improving. She came in was what they thought. It's like, this is great. Hey, Indiana, what what is Haim, guys? Who, who would have thought we'd be here this year but, already? We're already excited about Indiana. Look at but us. that's the thing. They, they, they need to not finish higher than night. Stop at night. <laughs> I, I, uh, they, they won't want to admit it, but you don't want to make the damn playoffs. It's a bad idea this soon. I think, well, go ahead, Kevin. As someone who follows a team who has a chance of being in the lottery, watching the Chicago Indiana race between eighth and ninth is like this. This this uh, affects the lottery odds quite substantially for the other teams in it. Oh, Chicago doesn't have their pick either. Great. Nope. Do, do we have someone in the solidly in the lottery who doesn't have their pick? Oh, Phoenix. Congrats. No, Phoenix gave away their twenty twenty five pick, uh, not twenty twenty four. They do own it for next year. Yeah. Okay. They have, it's a swap, right? Yeah, maybe. I'd have to check. There's they definitely don't own there. their own pick in 25. Yeah, they, they, there's a swap somewhere. I don't know if that was 25. Um, but actually, while we're, while we're on Phoenix, we should also mention how remarkable it is that Brittany Griner is at a level uh, that we can consider her an all-star, not based yeah. on the outside. It, it, she's an all-star just based on – well, mostly based on her play. And she's was away from the game for a year – in a Russian prison camp, and she just comes back and and has played, you know, close to her normal level. And it's not showing up in wins. Phoenix is a flawed team. But her play has been phenomenal. I'm just – I'm not stunned. I'm not, like, shocked. But it is just so cool. It's really cool to see. It, it is showing up in how badly they lost in the games <laughs> that she didn't play in the season where they were, they were not competitive. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I – I admittedly was very skeptical coming into the season based on, you know, some of the the sort of third-hand reports that you were hearing about Griner's workouts and the fact that she didn't play in their first preseason game here in Seattle. And, you know, it's like, basically, do we not want other teams to see where she's at in terms of her, you know, getting back to form? And lo and behold, from opening night in L.A. in that highly anticipated game, she's looked like Brittany Griner the entire time. And, yeah, I mean, I think that is incredibly awesome to say and worth celebrating. Yeah, I think it just shows how much of her her game is is natural talent and just isn't going anywhere. And yeah, she hasn't needed to be in absolute peak condition to still be an incredibly effective player. And it's uh it, it is kind of remarkable that you can spend that time away from the game and just come back. I mean, I, I just find that astonishing cuz this is a game that is not something you can just pick up. I mean, yeah, she she has all that talent. Um, but she, I don't know. That's uh, it's one of the best stories in WNBA along with Leah Boston. Any other starter we want to single out here? Um, well, we have two starters on the wings, uh, which is interesting considering uh, their season's been a little bit more up and down. But um, any other starter we really want to focus in on? I mean, should we talk about Sadali's development a little bit? I mean, this is someone who, you know, I was really high on coming into that draft with UNESCO, her teammate at Oregon, had watched them play in person a ton covering the NCAA tournament. And then, you know, injuries, some combination of that, the confusion about what role she was playing in Dallas, what position she was playing. It We never, I mean, I think, you know, EuroLeague probably we saw more of, this from Satu Savali, but in the WNBA, we hadn't gotten it for an extended stretch, and it's been awesome to see her make good on that potential this season. Yeah, I think those of us who who watch her play at Fenerbahce knew this was there, and it was just a matter of her actually staying healthy for more than a week when the WNBA season was on, and she's done it this year, and it's been reflected in what she's managed to produce, and she's going to end up getting a max contract at the end of the season from somebody, probably Dallas, but who knows? Yeah, and, and um, it will, we she, she still has to stay healthy for me going forward. I don't want to, I want to, oh, yeah, it's, not, it, it's been like 12 games or whatever. So, absolutely. Yeah, it's not, not done yet. Well, yeah, let's, let's knock on whatever and find some wood to knock on. 
um, because Sabley has been just a joy to watch it. And and like and like Richard mentioned, like she has been at that level where we've been expecting it. We've been expecting it. And it's just been those stop and starts with the injuries. So hopefully she stays healthy. But this is a great accomplishment for her to kind of show, hey, like that it's all there as long as you can stay healthy and continue playing. So. And- and I was, I was, yeah, I was just going to add that Germany managed to qualify for the pre-Olympic uh, qualifying tournament without her. So if she now joins up with Germany next year, there could be some absences, whether she's healthy or not, if she then decides to join the squad. Oh, yeah, we do. Have, we have the Olympics next year. Next year. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so we're going to take a break next year. Oh, interesting. Uh, feels like just yesterday that we did that because that was not that was, what two years ago. Three years. I don't even know. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, 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 it was shorter than it normally is. So yeah, congrats to Germany. Way to go. We'll hopefully see Satu in the Olympics. Um, and, but hopefully healthy. Uh, that's, that's my biggest thing with her. Let's move on to reserves. Let's get into it. Let's start picking, um, our players. Uh, let's have just one of you guys pick one. And then, you know, for the most part, I think you guys are gonna agree on a lot of the players. Um, so the way we, you know, one of you guys just, uh, Richard, start with your first reserve uh, selection, and then we can talk about it, and we can see if Kevin uh, has them too. Do you want a guard or a front court? Uh, let's start with the back court. Start with the back court. Well, we could, I mean, like I mentioned, Alicia Gray oh. was, was my other starter. So I don't know whether Kevin agrees, had her in as a reserve. I did, yeah. I mean, I, I thought she was, you know, in that, like I, I went through it specifically with the three backcourt players and the four wild cards is the coaches yeah. are instructed to vote. So Same Gray, Gray was in that that top three group for me. And, and you know, the backcourt player that I had as a starter, Sabrina Ionescu, uh, obviously was also among those selections. Richard, did you have her in that group? I actually, she, she actually dropped down to being, she's in my all-stars, but she's a wild card for me rather than one of the three reserves. Okay, who do you have that spot instead? Yeah, Richard, just give us your reserves. This was this was dumb. Just give us your reserve uh, backcourt. Yeah. I mean, like I said, like we were saying at the start, it's a whole group of players who you can pick from. <laughs> but my three reserves were Plum, Vandersloot, and Natasha Cloud. Ah, okay. Now that's interesting because that's the first one. I do not have Natasha Cloud on my all-star team at all. And... Yeah, I'm, I'm not enormously surprised, but yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And in fact, have a different backcourt player from the Washington Mystics. <laughs> That's the th- yeah. I I think you could argue for any of the three. Yeah, um, I think you can. I mean, you look at the numbers, and it's incredibly similar for all three as well. Uh, it's yeah. Take so, your pick, Ke- Kevin. Who's your your three reserves? So I have UNESCO, Gray, and again because of the fact that I base this more on track record than the first half, you know, first quarter of the season, uh, Kelsey Plum is the third in that backcourt spot. Okay, interesting. We have a little debate here. All right, um, let's start with Cloud because that seemed that seems to you know percolate a little. Uh, so obviously, you know, I'm in DC. I get to watch Tosh Cloud all the time. I think she is just tremendously valuable to this team. I mean, you can see it when she goes out or she is out of a game. This offense, which is not great to start with, craters. They cannot they cannot live without her. Honestly, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to select Sykes as a point guard. I want to select her as a win. <laughs> and Brady Spikes have a great year, but like they awesome. cannot they cannot exist without Natasha Cloud um, offensively and then defensively. You know, she is all first team for a reason. So Richard, I mean, I, I know I've probably said some of the reasons why you picked her, but what were the the biggest reasons uh, for her? Like you said, it's it's. Obviously, she's one of the best defensive perimeter players in the league, but she's also she's very much a leader for that team, which is the best defensive team in the league and is finally starting to show some signs on offense that they can do something. Um, I, there are a lot of players very close to each other, and I, in the end, I went on gut feel as much as anything. Who do I, who do I want to pick? Because the numbers don't separate three from about six or seven and yeah i think it's the leadership it's as much she that she's she drives that team more than atkins or sykes do which was the only thing i had to split the group ultimately yeah i think think in in my case would be look if you're if we're starting with defense Natasha Cloud's a very good defender. Brittany Sykes is a better defender. And she's been a more efficient scorer this year, the most most efficient of those three in the Washington 
perimeter trio that all have reasonable cases here. Atkins, you're probably leaning more on track record because she's gotten off to kind of a slow start before she broke out on, on Sunday against the Liberty with those career-high six three-pointers. Uh, but, you know, Sykes has been right there with them offensively. I think if you're going to go cloud, the case has probably got to be just playmaking is, you know, such a dramatic distinguisher between her and, and those other two guards. And, and I'd say for uh, Sykes, she's also been more efficient because she's playing with Cloud now. She doesn't, she's not being miscast as a point guard for now because still don't really have the backup situation figured out uh, all that much in, in DC. But uh, for now, she's being put in that in that two three on the wing range, and and that's exactly where she needs to be. She's been she's able to fly around the ball a lot lot too because of uh, the great defenders around them, and you know Shakira Austin has to be mentioned here just in terms of giving her them a backstop. Um, so it all plays together. I don't think you could go, I, I think the three of them, I think one of them needs to be on there. So I'm with you guys. And then it's just splitting hairs. Uh, well, Kevin, yeah, you're going to say this later, but who do you have of the, you have Brittany Sykes? Yeah. Okay. That was your, that's she, your, I, I have her as one of my wild cards. She okay. was, she was kind of the last, last perimeter player I had in here. Uh, Richard, did you say, do you have Plum as one of yeah. your wild cards? Yeah. Plum, Van der Sloot and Cloud are the oh, three, uh, backup cards. Okay. Oh, no, it's Gray Vandersluten Cloud, right? Yeah. And then Plum is a No, Gray, Gray was the fourth starter, so... <laughs> Richard yeah. didn't follow the rules. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, I thought we were... No, I think I did. What did, what did I get wrong this year? You put, you put her in the starter. The actual starters. Oh, yeah, yeah, because I'm still going off, off my list rather than the three reserves compared to the, the actual official starters. I'm going... I have I have Alicia Gray and Chelsea Gray both as starters on my group. Wait, okay. You Chelsea Gray's you had Alicia Gray as a starter? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's right. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. Chelsea Gray's a starter. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we got so Alicia Gray is one of is one of your starters rather than the reserve, but then your reserves are Plum, Vander Salute, and who and, and, and Cloud. Okay. Yeah. Um so we have Plum, we have and Kevin, did you have Vander Salute? She's one of my wild cards. She's one of your wild cards. So, yeah, th this is kind of the thing you guys were talking about. It's just a huge mess here for the guards. Um, and, and it seems like there's uh, just, you know, a, a wild amount of ways you could go. So, wait, let me let me just get – let's get all of your – so the rest of your guards, uh, Kevin. Tell, tell me who you got in the wild card just so we have that. I should make a graphic of some sort. Yeah, we've mentioned them all. Uh, okay. I have Vandersloot and Sykes is, is the two wild card guards. Okay, Vandersloot, Sykes, and then uh, yes, Plum. Grave and Plum. Yeah. And Yasku Grave, Plum. Okay, Richard, I shudder to I shudder to to ask you this question because I'm not sure you who you have in your starting lineup. <laughs> but <laughs> who you got? Just tell me all the guards you have on your All Star team. Okay. The four starters were Jackie Young, Chelsea Gray, Alicia Gray, and uh, Jewel Lloyd. Okay. The three backups were Plum, Vandersloot, and Cloud. Okay. I have three wildcard guards in Ionescu, Bagumbawale, and Jordan Canada. I figured you were going to have Jordan Canada. I mean, she's, you know, got a really tremendous case based on this season's play. It's interesting because, and look, no one from the storm has ever told me this, not even like indirectly. It felt like there was when she left for a relatively low value offer from the sparks, like a little frustration that she hadn't put in more work to develop offensively as a shooter. And first season in LA really kind of looked like more of the same from her uh, storm career, but Whatever happened this offseason, whether it was Kurt Miller's arrival or the fact that she bumped down to a minimum contract when she resigned or, you know, a lower contract, uh, at least uh, she has transformed as a shooter and become such a threat there. And it's awesome to see because I, I keep using the word awesome because we knew that potential was there with everything else that she could do if she just had the shooting piece of the equation. And it has really opened up everything else for her. But she still didn't quite make my two. <laughs> Let's say, uh, and and okay, so that yeah, I find Jordan, Jordan Canada might be one of the most interesting picks we have on on, on this one. Do you, well, D Richard, I know uh, Kevin kind of defended it for you there, but uh, do you want to do you want to <laughs> offer your explanation there for? No, okay. I mean, it's like Kevin's. I mean, every pretty much everything else Jordan Canada's 
done since she came into the league has been good, except mm. it's been undermined by the complete lack of a jump shot. You know, the ball would get rotated around the perimeter to your your open shooter in the corner, and then everything grinds to a halt because they don't it's want to take the shot. The, the same the thing used to happen with Daniel Robinson. Uh, and so, it... no, I was just going to say that, she, and she's not. It's not like she's turned into Steph Curry, but she's shooting league average on decent volume, and that's enough to finally let people vaguely respect it and to open up the rest of what she's doing in LA and LA aren't great, but by the standards of what we've got in the league this season, they're solidly decent. They're a mid-level team and she's a big part of that. Once you go past Necker, she's probably the next biggest part because the rest of their squad has been bits and pieces and different players coming in and out and all sorts of other stuff. So She's been there constant after Necker. Yeah, I mean, Lexi Brown has been really terrific when she has played. But yeah, I think that's that's a fair point. And, and has that made it a little difficult? Um, I mean, I, obviously, we know the guards. But like the splitting hairs aspect of this, I feel like it's easier when there's a little bit more separation among the teams. Because this year, you're looking at it. And OK, yeah, we have, the, we have Vegas clearly separating themselves. New York looks like they're going to be good. Connecticut still dealing with the injury of Bree Jones, a player we'll talk about later um and then washington is good we're pretty sure we're like 83 percent sure washington's gonna be uh top 14 um then the rest of it's kind of just like up in the air did that did that make it really hard to split the hairs and kind of make those decisions within those the, the same tier players no because i don't look at that at all. okay there you go kevin well, we appreciate it <laughs> richard you don't look at this either i don't really mind it Again, it's a it's a tiebreaker if you're to a certain extent if you can't pick between people that some people some players are on teams that are dreadful and haven't managed to lift them from being dreadful, but then you've got players like Jewel Lloyd who are playing so well on awful teams that it goes past how bad the team is anyway. Um, I did notice after I made my picks that there is one team I have no players from, one and only one. Should we guess it, Kevin? Do you want to guess it? Well, it's not Phoenix, and it's not Indiana, and it's not... I mean, do you not have Nafisa Collier? No. I, well, we're going to get to that in a minute, but no, I have a Lynx. Okay. Then, yeah, I, I guess... Oh, oh, okay, I know it. Well, no, you have Alicia Gray, so I no, I don't know what team it is. Chicago? Yeah, oh, Chicago. Chicago. Oh, right, yes, I, I also do not have a Sky player. So I, that, I, I did wonder whether to use that as a tiebreaker. Admit... To be honest, I have 21 players picked and I was going to wait for you guys to convince me on my 22nd. So uh, who knows? Maybe Chicago sneak in on the last. I was wondering whether to use that as a tiebreaker. Sort of, you know, everyone gets a representation. Like, uh, didn't they used to do that in baseball? Maybe they still do that in baseball. Yeah, they do. So this is interesting because, I mean, we we can save this, but I, I had a Chicago player I spent a lot of time considering. It's not that Chicago player. It's not that Chicago player either. So I guess we'll see when we get there. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm, you know, I might know who the third one is as well. Oh, yeah. I think I know where we're getting at. Yeah. Suspense for the listener. Um, <laughs> they, you guys probably know who we're talking about too. All right. Uh, anybody else in the in the in the backcourt though that we want to highlight? Any 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 particular players that you know you guys have points you want to mention about? Ryan Howard was an interesting one to consider. I think the fact that Alicia Gray is there and yeah. is playing better than her playing a very similar role made it difficult. But uh, the other thing I hadn't noticed until I went to look at this, Ryan Howard's steals have dropped by half since her rookie season. And I have no explanation for why that is. It was a big reason she was as valuable as she was, you know, statistically as a rookie. Yeah, I, I remember us having a discussion around Howard last year as well. Mm-hmm. And no one... No one wanted to talk to me about my complaints that her shooting percentages were pretty poor that year. And I think the fact that it's continued this year, her field goal percentage is still shaky. And it's shown up by having Gray right next to her on the wing, producing similar numbers, but better percentages. And yeah, so that's so she didn't make it in. I mean, Indiana fans are also going to complain that Kelsey Mitchell, yet again, is good and producing numbers and probably not going to be an all-star again yep 
Has Kelsey made an all-star team? No. Hmm. no I didn't realize she had made it at all. Yeah, so, so I was just going back through it. Um, she probably deserved to make one at some point, but yeah, it's tough when you're, uh, you know, kind of that that player who's who's not the most efficient scorer, and you're not. And now for Ryan, like you guys mentioned, she's not the best player on her team necessarily. Like Alicia Gray's taking over that role, and Cheyenne Parker's playing really well too, um, which I hope I think we're mentioning later. I hope we're mentioning later. Um, but you know, so I think this. I think. You know, I, I'm with you guys. I don't think she's an all-star this year, and that's a little surprising uh, given all the fanfare she had last year. Now, here, here's a question. Who got closest for you guys among the three players drafted last year? Um, Shakira Austin, Brian Howard, and Alyssa Smith. Who who, who kind of got the closest to being an all-star this year? I think Ryan, just because I don't think the backcourt crop is as deep as the frontcourt crop. Yeah. Yeah, they were all on my long list. Um, and then none of them made it. So maybe Austin, but yeah, I'm I'm not. I think it was all, it was fairly fairly close in that they were all just off the end. And that's and that's not that surprising for sophomores. So we're not like putting a we're not saying that they're bad. Is the is the point we're getting at? Great players just didn't didn't make the cut. Um, who else? Hey, Richard, did you have anyone you want to highlight among your uh, backcourt selections or not sele- non-selections? I mean, Kevin mentioned her. I think if Lexi Brown had continued her play from the opening nine or ten games and stayed healthy for the rest, then she might well have been on the end of these, these rosters. Um, but when you have so many players that are so close, playing nine games instead of 13 uh, makes the difference, basically. Okay. All right. Then let's move on to the front court. Head on over there. Okay. We'll start with Richard. Tell me every all of your front court players. <laughs> well, okay. It, what, yeah. Give me. Yeah, let's start with the starters. Let's just do it. Let's, yeah. Let's my starters will. My starters were Wilson, Thomas, Stewart, Deladon, Necker, and Boston. Okay. Uh, they asked for four for five front court reserves, and I had. Satu Sabali, as we mentioned, Griner, Nafisa Kalia, Brianna Jones, mm-hmm. and Eddie Magbagal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and then we'll get we'll get an injury replacement for Bree Jones, who suffered a torn Achilles. Huge bummer for everyone. And we hope she gets better soon. Yeah, and hopefully she gets selected by the coaches even with that because she is clearly an all-star. So I, I had the same thing as Richard where I picked her and planned an injury replacement. And so who are your reserves, Kevin? So my next tier uh, going off the actual starters were Collier, Deladon, Thomas were no-brainers. Yeah. Write them on in. Jones, close to that. And then uh, Izzy, for me, was kind of opposite. The, that decision was came down to her, and I went with Dewana Bonner from Connecticut, mm. who's ageless and, and having another great season for a Sun team that was the league's second best until Brianna Jones went down. So, so, uh, Richard, give me, give me the case here for Ezzy. Um, you can, you can go use like general or, uh, aim it at Kevin and go after Dewan Bonner. No, which we've done on this podcast before. Sorry. <laughs> as uh, Bonner was certainly right on the fringe of my picks as well. Um, to be honest, I was surprised by how good Ezzy's numbers were when I started diving into it a bit more were into you? the stats. Of, uh, Maybe just from her, from her. From her play, from the Seattle's play, you, you right. see Lloyd show up so much. And then Ezzy's kind of in, left in the background. And then you... But she's she's been efficient. She's The numbers are, are pretty decent. Um, she's obviously effective for them defensively as well. Although, again, it's not a great defensive team overall. She is, she is a rim protector. Um, and, yeah, I, I just... She gave, it gave her the edge very, very slightly for me. But yeah, Bon is a perfectly reasonable pick as well, as are one or two other players. We mentioned Cheyenne Parker, who was again right on the fringe. Um, yeah, I, well, should we go I think we're splitting, we're splitting hairs again. Should we go through the wild cards? Because obviously I have Ezzy as one of my wild cards. Do you have, do you have Bon as one of your wild cards? Well, no, like I said, my, I had three guard wild cards, ah, which means. And I only picked 21 total. 
So have, the well, the fourth well, wild card is still well, up in the air. Have we have we ta- seen as he Magor's on off differential this season? I did not look that up. No, is it especially good or especially terrible? Oh, especially good. The Storm are minus thirty seven points per hundred possession with as he Magor. Wow. They're minus 34 without Joel. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I mean, they started the season with literally two post players that ever played. So that's not a huge surprise, to be to be honest. I did not expect it to be that dramatic. I, I knew it was going to be good, but that she was not the reason the two storms struggled. But I didn't expect it to be that good, that bad. I guess. They're also uh, Jordan Horson, plus 14, that rating. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Good. Well, so there's junk talent. Um, yeah. So good for Ezzy uh, for getting on, on Richard's team. Um, so do you have any? Do you have any wild card front court players, Kevin? Uh, do you have no. Ezzy? Well, my wild card front court players are. So Ezzy was kind of at the top of that list. The next one, I think, I, I'm going to guess Richard does not have was Candace Parker. You are correct. I don't. Yeah. As you know, look, I think. I think Vegas is perfectly reasonable to select all five starters, but as you as you mentioned, the fact that a two-time MVP in in your piece uh, on on Thursday that a two-time MVP is the weakest of their five starters is a pretty remarkable state of affairs for the Las Vegas Aces and the reason they are off to the start that they are off to. But you know, I think she still played well, and the track record couldn't be any better. So those were my two wild card front court players, and then is an injury replacement for Brianna Jones. Uh, that was the hardest selection for me. Uh, the Chicago player I considered was Alana Smith, uh, who is oh, okay. hyper efficient, oh. huge shot blocking numbers. Like her wins above replacement player for me is like top ten in the league, like like that good. Uh, but still couldn't quite get there with her over Cheyenne Parker, who has been a bigger part of the Atlanta offense and and also quite an efficient scorer as she always is, and then has the track record of being an you know an All Star level contributor in the past. Now, oh, Richard, you should, I I'm, I I thought that's where we were going, Alana Smith, when you mentioned the Chicago front court player. Who would you think of? I thought we were going to Elizabeth Williams and crediting the mm-hmm. the level of defense that she's offered rather than. It's hard to get there when you start looking at the stats because the counting numbers aren't there offensively. But yeah, I thought we were going with the defense. I, I love Alana Smith. I mean, this Alana Smith. I before when in the previous stops, I seems like a completely different player in terms of yeah. how, that, how what's up now that she finally gets to play for someone other than Sandy Brondello. Yeah, basically, she she played for Indiana for a minute for a second. For about a week until they yeah. cut her. Yeah, they didn't they didn't like her. But no. being cut by Indiana isn't necessarily a, a bad thing. <laughs> it, can, it can come back in good ways for you. <laughs> Might be a positive. Uh, yeah, but last bit has been, uh, and to me, shockingly um, good. Not not that she's a bad player, obviously, but like I just didn't think she had that. She she just didn't have that um sort of defensive energy effort impact all of that that she has had in chicago in other places and i don't watch um as much european basketball as, as perhaps i could so i didn't know how she was doing in europe so i was really surprised when this when they signed her and brought her in but she is like right there and i think she totally deserves that um that that nod as a as a person you consider for that injury replacement now for cheyenne parker uh last night had a big game 23 points uh kind of in well it was most it wasn't garbage time but it was a half where they were down by 20 for the vast majority of it um did she where where was the impact for you in terms of you know she is a big part of that offense is she effective is she efficient enough for you to to say that you know she's as good as these other players yeah i mean i think lining them up head to head it's not a dramatic difference i mean the fact that she's shooting 89 percent from the free throw line is a nice positive in that regard and, and uh, Richard, who do you have your for your injury replacement? You, oh, did you not have one? Did I, you, I yeah, didn't pick one. I, I mean, yeah, I was just picking the all star, not thinking about who would actually replace Jones. Um, well, who's your who's your uh, extra player here? Well, like I said, I was already looking for a twenty second. I, I, I think Cheyenne Parker would sneak in as well. She would certainly be my favorite C Parker this season. Um, <laughs> Is. It is I, yes, amusing that I had two of the C Parkers. Is, so is Dewana Bonner the one front court player you had in your wild cards? 
No, I didn't have any wild cards in the front court. I just okay, had the three the three back courts. In the open spot. Okay. Um Yeah, I think Candice is a, a bit of a reach this season. I don't think she's looked that I think she's started to look old, basically, in, in Vegas. The the legs don't necessarily seem to be under her, even when she's like playing on day's rest. But obviously she's good enough when you're surrounded by the talent they've got there. And yeah, she's a perfectly good player to have as your fifth starter. But I would not have her as an all-star this year. I would put her behind a fair few people. Um, for other people that were on my list, Austin was there. We mentioned her. So was Smith. Um, Natasha Howard in, yeah. in Dallas has yeah, had a solid season as well. And maybe the other person to mention who at least at the start of the year, we would have expected to be in this discussion is John Cole Jones, who yes. the numbers aren't terrible in New York. They're just not what you'd expect from an MVP a couple of years ago and playing on a, a super team. But obviously she's come in not 100% healthy. And because they've got so many other weapons as well, they don't haven't needed to, to force her to the ball when she's still been working back from the injury. I mean... Like there was a lot of complaints in the wake of Sunday's game about her not getting enough touches, and I was like, I I was there, I saw those touches. They went extremely poorly. She kept trying to post up into a brick wall and turning the ball over. Like, why? The point is, she needed more of those. And granted, she had a much better game, I think, on Tuesday than than that game. I happened to see, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's tough, especially someone who goes on track record. Like John Quill Jones's track record is is good. Yeah. It's just about anyone in the league. So maybe I should have had her by my own criteria. And it's interesting too, because I mean, you know, these two players are in the similar spot. You know, they're in the they are the player who's sacrificing the most among a super team. And so I think I thought it was really interesting how you guys kind of you know split the hairs between them to say, well, hey, it, you know, Kevin wants uh, Candace Parker there. Um, and I, I just think it's uh, it's interesting to see who's sacrificing and who is performing well in that you know, the area, it's not easy to be that player on the super team. It's not. Uh, I think both of those players are going to have to learn how to sacrifice and work within a, a smaller role. And that's going to be hard. Um, I, although Candace does so much else, like she doesn't need. The yeah, they're, they're, absolutely. And so she, she, I mean, I, I again, I wouldn't read too much into this in this sample size, but she does have the best net rating on the aces. Oh, <laughs> Richard. <laughs> <laughs> we're working with such small sample sizes and yeah net, net ratings are pretty uh, a noisy stat where we're, we're working with these kind of uh samples and the aces in particular are playing so much garbage time that it's kind yeah. of who's out there with him but i mean she's 16th in the league and wins above replacement player like her steal and block rates are still awesome offensively not as much but defensively she has been a big contributor to Vegas as improvement at that. And yeah, and yeah, Vegas are a much better defensive team this year. And the the main changes you see are Parker and uh, Alicia Clark. So yeah, that's reasonable. Uh, I think we should talk a little bit about Nafisa Collier because um, I mean, you know, at, at least on on court side, we haven't talked about enough about the Minnesota Lynx because well, they haven't been that much fun to talk about. Um, so I do want to give. Collier shout out because she's playing amazing basketball. Uh, so what what made her an all-star for you guys? <laughs> I think she's whenever she's healthy, she's an all-star. Like the you know, so that that that's maybe the short answer, but you know, I she was right there in the conversation about the starters in the front court for me. She was very much part of that tier. Yeah, I mean it's a slightly smaller version of Lloyd in Seattle. Bad team, but a player who's playing incredibly well and largely carrying them because there's some help, but not nearly enough. So that's, yeah, the star player on the bad team that's still producing more than well enough to, to be an all-star. Shouts to Nafisa. Let's hope you guys get some wins. And again, a situation where the team is getting destroyed with her off the court, minus 20.5. No. Um, yeah, some of these teams just need to get better. Teams, teams near the bottom get a little better. Or actually, teams in the middle get a little bit better. I don't really care about the bottom. Just in the middle be a little bit better. So we get some good playoff uh, series. Anybody else? Anybody else in your front court that you guys want to uh, shout out, talk about, dive into? 
I mean, Richard mentioned Alyssa Smith. So, you know, she was somebody else who I think came up in this conversation. But uh, yeah, I think we pretty much touched on all of them. All right. You got, we do have like 10 minutes here. You guys want to do a, just, just a quick draft? We don't have to actually. Let's let's skip the draft. We'll save that. We'll leave that to uh, the professionals in, in Wilson and Stewart. Uh, guys, I think I think we can just wrap this up. You know, I feel like I always uh, go go too long. Today, I think we just had a good show. Condensed. We talked about all of the players that we think should be all-stars. Um, well, at least that Richard and Kevin think are all-stars, and they are the experts around here for my money at the very least. Richard, you can read on the Her Hoop Stats newsletter, herhoopstats.substack.com. Kevin, you are on ESPN. Anywhere else, to, you know, anything else you want to plug before we head out? Uh, that, that's primarily it, certainly. We talk well, about the storm on a regular basis on my Seattle sports podcast, but uh, also a lot of not WNBA stuff, obviously. <laughs> well, oh, okay, yeah, Seattle sports. I thought it was Seattle basketball. It's like, are we just talking about bringing back the Sonics for two to three hours a day because I'm in <laughs> if you need that. <laughs> if, we're, if we're spitballing ideas to bring back the Sonics. Not, not quite it, that. it feels like it would be a slightly monotonous podcast once you started to get onto like episode three, four, five. <laughs> I'm sure there's a, I'm sure there's a, a bring back the Sonics podcast where they just talk about bringing back the Sonics and figuring out how to do that. And hopefully that happens because we love the NBA. I, but, I don't think we have to figure it out at this point. I think we, it's, it's a matter of when, not if. Yeah, yeah, I keep saying that. Well, hopefully, hopefully, Richard, you have uh, WNBA dissected. Come well, it's, it's only Fourth of July. I was about to say it's a holiday week, but I don't think y'all celebrate that one over there. <laughs> no, we 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 don't have a. We got rid of America Day. Over um, <laughs> you should though. That's an amazing <laughs> holiday. <laughs> we uh, traded. We traded, so, yeah. we traded America into cap space day. <laughs> No, I, there was an article that came out today. The w, uh, NBA Dissected comes out every Thursday. So, yeah, one came out today. So go look for it. Go read these two guys. They'll make you smarter about basketball. Follow them on Twitter. Our little Twitter things are right underneath us. And always subscribe, like, share the Her Hoop Stats podcast. We will talk to you guys very soon. Enjoy the All-Star break. And uh, actually, we'll talk to you before then. So don't worry about it. See you soon. <laughs> Still enjoy the all-star break. Just oh, no. we'll, we'll read it that later. I'll tell you, I'll tell yeah. you about it again. I'll tell you about it again. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.